I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio versus the Martians. We are sitting down with our friend Sean Duncan, who we have talked about without naming. Yeah, he's been a guinea pig of note, of some note notoriety, I think. Uh, we learned uh, recently he is a magical unicorn uh, that of the like you'd never seen before. Um, we should probably back up a little bit and talk about the movie Soylent Green, which is a science fiction nice. movie from 1973 starring Charlton Heston. Which is famous really for one thing, which is the end of the movie and the big spoiler twist reveal. It's it's kind of like the textbook. It's the uh, Webster's Dictionary example of spoiler. Yeah, it's, it's like it's the rosebud yeah. sort of spoiler reveal. Um, anyways, we were at a at probably an Ask an Atheist post show after I believe we had finished recording a panel of Radio versus the Martians hmm. and. Um, we were talking, Sean, and we found I'm out that- so, I'm so excited, by the way. I'm okay. really excited. But but you had not actually seen Soylent Green, which is okay, because most people haven't. They haven't seen Soylent Green. But everyone knows the plot twist of Soylent Green, so- um, Yeah, I, re- I remember- um, I overheard you talking something about Soylent Green, and I'm like, what's what's Soylent Green? Is that a new variation of the health food Soylent <laughs> that's going around? Um, and then- and then I think you explained to me that it's actually a movie. And I was like, oh. And then you said, Sean, don't say anything. Don't mention Soylent ever again. Yeah. Don't Google it. Don't tell anybody you're going to watch the movie, but don't even search for it. Yeah, don't, don't even type it into the search bar. It'll autocomplete it. And I'm like, okay. Autocomplete <laughs> will spoil the <laughs> yes. shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something- not, not only that, no one around you had ever talked about it in your life. Because if anyone had yes. mentioned it in a conversation, someone would have said the spoiling sentence, like the ultimate line of the movie. The only thing anyone knows about that movie mm-hmm. is the spoiler. I mean, I went into watching it, I think I saw it when I was 20-something, and I knew the spoiler. It was the only thing I did know. I just wanted to watch another post-apocalyptic, dystopian, Charlton Heston 70s movie. <laughs> of which uh, there were a few. <laughs> there were a few. He's got a trilogy of those. That one and Planet of the Apes and uh, Omega Man. Omega Man. Which so I love. He has a lot of khaki outfits in those movies. <laughs> um, he has a, a he's styling. He's got he, collars. Yeah, he's, he's got collars. A, I think he has an ascot and a baseball hat in Soylent Green. So yeah, he does. Um, I guess for the audience, Sean, what is Soylent Green? Um, what is the secret of Soylent Green? Is the best is the better question. Yeah, that will always be answered if you even mention the title, and anyone knows anything about it. Um, but okay, so Soylent Green takes place in the future. There's an overpopulation problem, um, and the main character is a cop who's investigating what's going on. Um, and so there's these interesting scenes where he's like, every time he walks down a staircase, it's full of people, but not necessarily the streets, um, which I found which I found kind of funny. He he sort of has to tiptoe and make sure he doesn't step on anybody. Um, and there's, you know, a shortage of food. So, like, meat and vegetables are really um, rare things to find. Um, and then later on in the movie, he starts to investigate 
um, a new type of, I guess, superfood before there were superfoods um, <laughs> that's on the market um, and heavily rationed, of course, called Soylent Green. Um, so basically the movie's about him investigating and uncovering the, the horrible truth of that. Yes. Which so, is? Which is the horrible truth. for our listeners. <laughs> Spoil that movie. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Yes! yes! <laughs> I think we oh. all feel better now. Oh, now you can say it around yeah. me. So, was it was the reveal shocking? Well, I I figured out the twist before they actually revealed it because I think the movie did a good job of of sort of hinting at it and building up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple things I did know before watching the movie was that I knew there was some sort of twist, mm-hmm. um, and that in its own can be a, a powerful spoiler because now you're primed and looking mm-hmm. for it and. I made a conscious decision not to watch any trailers or anything before watching the movie. But afterwards, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, the trailer even, like, leads you on <laughs> to to some sort of big twist involving food um, and people. So it's like... <laughs> a plus B. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so maybe I am the only person, because the people who were alive during that era probably saw the trailer. So <laughs> anyway, but I do, I do remember thinking, okay, there's... There's a twist going on. It's it's one or the other thing. So I was sort of like hyperactive in looking for twists. Um, for example, there's a, a rich guy who gets killed by someone with a crowbar. And then a little bit later in the movie, um, the main character buys some meat from the market. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is that meat human flesh? <laughs> you know, and they're and they're making stew out of it. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> um, the other twist I thought it could possibly be is that common one where you go outside of your boundary and discover that, oh, everything's actually normal outside of this one little place. Right. So remember, like, the island or the village. So that sure. was the other twist that was going on in my head. So I was I was sort of over analyzing and overlooking for for twists and then i made i tried not to look at like the cover and the back of the movie too but the cover of the movie has this like dumpster grabbing people and shoving yeah. a whole bunch of people like they're um like i don't know like factory farming type scenario except with people <laughs> and so i was like is that is is that what they're doing? Are they taking those people away? And I realized, no, that's not the case. So basically I was just jumping in on every little thing and trying to find a twist. <laughs> so brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. I, oh, man. I, I think it gave it up for me seeing people scooped up and being brought away with the scoops. Mm-hmm. And then this weird symbolic gesture of having the guy being splat, like the, the body going yeah. into a, like a puddle. I was like, okay, they're doing something very deliberate here. It's like because you see bloody meat before like they they show you like oh this is a side of beef or whatever and it looks like a bloody like really disgusting because they kind of turn you into little green chips yeah yeah. and i think the lie was that it came from the sea soylent yeah soylent soy and lentils it came came from like plankton yeah or or something and then he goes to the library and then discovers 
and he learns that oh, there's not enough um, plankton to be doing that, so it doesn't add up. Oh man, it's so so crazy we that killed the oceans. Saul, played by the legendary Edward G. Robinson, is the, is uh, Charlton Heston's book. Mm-hmm. So he's like the he's like the guy who who researches records for you when you're a detective. Like that's a job, basically a job that he has. And they kind of live in the same like little apartment building together. Um, but Saul is the one who basically uh, discovers the terrible truth by researching through books, which are a rare commodity in the future and has this like terrible emotional moment where he's like crying because of how much of the old world is dead um and it's like it's so devastating isn't there like it's a, a ridiculously devastating a small like greenhouse room it's the only place that has actual trees in it oh and it's where the ma- the mayor is yeah yeah yeah. That's the only place where you can feel like you're in the forest because we've killed everything. It's kind of a. It's kind of weird. I know that. Uh, I don't know if you've watched a lot of '70s science fiction, Sean. No, no, which makes me a good guest it, for, the, potentially. But I'm just gonna say it, it's super depressing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing to know. Like, there's another movie called Silent Running, where it's about this guy on a spaceship that has the last trees and plants and gardens on Earth, and they're drifting into space to keep it safe, hoping that eventually we'll get to replant it because we've destroyed the planet, and then he gets the order that he's supposed to destroy them, and he goes rogue. Mm. It has a depressing ending. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's everything was kind of like that. We were just so convinced we were going to blow ourselves up, and there, usually what happens is the hero learns some terrible secret or ends up dying or getting taken away to an insane asylum. Or <laughs> It's super... So this is par for the course. And I think maybe your favorite movie of all time, Planet of the Apes, is kind of one of the first yeah, one of those. It was the first of that era yeah. where it's, it's all about... Um, Oh Jesus Christ! It's which it's, I just it's heard all about you, crushing your. I dreams. just heard you talk about that in length, by the way, on a, another great podcast. Actually, oh yes, I appeared on the Fire and uh, Film and Water podcast that Rob Kelly does, uh, talking about Planet of the Apes. You should check it out and our own panel. Yes, we've, we've exhausted that. We've done a lot of Planet of the Apes, and uh, essentially, it's a astronaut who goes into the future um, in cryo sleep to a distant planet where um, they're going to repopulate and colonize, and uh, he does it because he hates humanity. And he hates the human race for being stupid and self-destructive and violent and bigoted. Uh, When he gets there, he finds that there's a species of humans that are uh, mute and stupid, and they're hunted by intelligent apes that hunt them for sport and use them for scientific experimentations. And now the man who hates humanity now has to be its advocate and tries to defend it before the very end of the movie where his hopes and dreams are crushed. (laughs) And he learns that humans really are that stupid and (laughs) self-destructive in a wonderful spoiler shot. Yes. Do you know the spoiler of that movie? Well, I've seen seen several of the Planet of the Apes movies, but I don't remember. Okay. You may not have seen the first one. Oh. You could easily see Planet of the Apes movies and not see the first one. There That's are lots true. Of, there are I, lots I mean, that was what they did with Cable back in the day, is that you'd always watch Beastmaster 2. You'd never watch <laughs> Beastmaster. The, like, TBS and stuff would always have that. So, kind of getting this idea of, of spoilers, I wanted to talk a little bit oh, yeah. uh, with you, Sean and Casey, about this idea of... The idea of spoilers, the politics of spoilers, this idea that... We have to protect folks so that we can maintain a surprise. Well, we have to be our own police yeah. of sorts, and which is a difficult task to do when you when we make our sort of reputation and our work around just talking about it. So you know? we do have to be our police, but I just want to throw this out there. What is 
what is the responsibility on the person to remain unspoiled and what obligation do you have to not spoil other people? Is there a statute of limitations? Hmm. Are you a monster if you spoil a movie? Well, I'm very good at plugging my ears and going la 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 <laughs> whenever I hear someone talk about something that I know is going to spoil um, you know, a movie. I'm even picky about spoiling video games. If I'm playing a co-op game, I want it to be either with somebody who also hasn't played it um, or with, um, you know, someone who's really good at not revealing what you're supposed to do, which I can imagine be- can be pretty difficult. Well, video game, you have to sort of, a lot of times when you know something's coming, you can anticipate it. And if you have another player, they're going, why are you standing over there? Why are you getting over there? Why are you choosing that weapon? And a lot of these video games, they really kind of require you to, if you know in advance, you make very different decisions. Um, in- interestingly enough, though, I I was thinking about this like all last week. I I don't mind watching a movie with someone who's really clever and have them guess what the twist is going to be or have them identify something and explain it. And to have us, you know, collaborate and talk about what we think the the big twist is going to be at the end. And for some reason, I'm okay with that. But yet, um, I'm not okay with somebody knowing. Um, and I was, I've been searching my thoughts about that. Would I ever meet somebody who was so clever that it would be the same experience as having someone who's seen it before? And would I, would I feel differently about that? Yeah, I know there's a lot of narrative tricks that sometimes if you've seen enough movies you can pick up on stuff and go, oh, that's important, you know, the Chekhov's gun thing. I know that we're going to come back to that. They've talked about some situation, they're going to fight. That's what this is going to be. Or this person's going to steal that. Or, you know, sometimes you, if you've seen enough movies, you can start making predictions. And sometimes when a movie actually manages to subvert that, um, it can be kind of awesome. Um, There's been a lot of talk about Netflix yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Netflix model has changed how we looked at TV. I mean, it used to be that if we were watching the Cosby Show or we're watching Cheers or we're watching, of course, you'd Mash. Use the Cosby Show. Yeah, Can Cosby we... Show has a spoiler <laughs> outside of the show. It changes the way you watch it forever. Um, it's like it's like Fight Club that way. You, you watch. <laughs> It's you're like wow, this you, is way darker. Are you trying to say that drugs are like the Tyler Durden of the Cosby Show? Is that it what you're it really is. Where you're yes. like, oh, so he was a monster the whole time. <laughs> I can I can never go back. I, can. I never yeah, have. You really I never can. have. You really can. So I'm glad that I watched all the episodes twice before yeah. anything. You know, I can say as somebody who works at a used bookstore, we buy a lot of Cosby Show that we turn down. A lot of stuff comes in. Uh, People yeah. are done with their collection. Uh, but, you know, we used to watch TV shows at the same pace yep. that you didn't – most people didn't have a VCR to record stuff at home. So, I mean, later in the VHS life he did. But, I mean, you know, there'd be the episode for that week. And if you weren't home at that time, you just didn't see it. And they were – and hopefully you'd get a rerun someday. But now an entire season of a TV show drops in your lap on demand. Mm-hmm. And the very idea of knowing how far anyone is into any TV show is totally up in the air. Yep. Arrested Development, 13 episodes just dropped in your lap. And everyone gets it all at once, but not everyone has free time at the same time. So I don't know if anyone's watched, you know, the last episode of MASH or whatever, or they're all caught up on Stranger Things, or they've seen all of Daredevil. 
I've uh, seen all of Stranger Things. See there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> then I'd be the one who you'd be spoiling it. We're not going to okay. spoil you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah. well, I mean, that's to talk about it, uh, I asked you not to earlier today. Yeah. So I asked you We're not, not going to talk about Stranger yeah. Things. So it's, it's pretty interesting about the etiquette is, you know, like you, it's generally being a good person to not be the asshole and to not, uh, you know, I think- just unabashedly go about blurting, shooting your mouth out. And I think Stranger Things is the least example of a show that for some reason it's being talked about a lot on social media but is not being spoiled on social media. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it got me interested but it also gave me the ability to do that thing that we talk about a lot Casey which is go in fresh and clean and beautifully ignorant to a piece of fiction like like we went into John Wick not knowing. Yeah. We went into Neon Demon not knowing and that you get to discover the movie as you watch it and I got that experience with Stranger Things, and I, on one level, we spoil the shit out of a lot of things on Radio versus the Martians. Sure we do. I mean, I, people should know, if we're doing a panel about something that's 90 minutes to two hours, <laughs> we have to be able to fucking talk about it. We just we just assume an all-spoilers policy, unless otherwise stated, you know? But like, I really, I don't know. I'd like to bring back this this notion of... You know, let's limit our own trailer intake. Let's uh, limit our own. I mean, sometimes that's the fun of being a nerd is arguing about and talking about it like it's a fucking Zabruder film <laughs> where you're just looking at every frame trying to figure out who Forrest Whitaker is playing in Rogue One or whatever, you know, and it's like, you know, do we really need to spend a year watching commercials? Can't I just be surprised by something and... Maybe that's something we can all do. I mean, I once, and I should do this more. I've only done this, uh, one, going to movies with you, Casey. And once on my own, I went and saw Safe House. Oh, yeah. In theaters. Yeah. Like four or five years ago, which is a an espionage movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. Yeah, it's a fucking bizarre movie. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. But I had no idea. I just went in and like, I what's good to the person <laughs> at the counter and they're like that's really good and i'm like i'll take one for that i I'd, I'd safe house I, d- I didn't even know who was in it i got i found out that it was a ryan reynolds denzel washington movie while watching the opening credits <laughs> <laughs> so 100 percent spoiler free experience there. it was great <laughs> you know i think we've lost that i i mean i'm not gonna go and become an anti-spoiler you know fascist or anything but we should protect ourselves from being unspoiled, and I like what we're doing with Stranger Things right now. We we also have a thing, the one trailer rule. Yeah. Is that for things that you know that you are already going to see. Yeah. You know that I'm, I'm obviously going to see the next Star Trek movie. I'm obviously going to see whatever Star Wars movies come out. Uh, one trailer rule is fine. Just enough to let me know this is a thing I want to see, and once I, once I see that, I'm like, oh, hey, that looks cool. I don't know. How do you feel with trailers, Sean? Well, I mean, it's a mixed bag. I've seen some trailers for for comedy movies that show every funny part in the trailer. And then you watch the movie and it's a big letdown because the trailer was too good. So there's that risk. Um, Trailers, I think at best trailers should give you the general feeling of what the movie is going to feel like. And I think that's the most spoiler-free way to encourage somebody to watch a movie and maybe you can ruin one big moment by putting it in the um, trailer and then it'll still have an impact in the movie but 
I mean, some trailers go go way too far. I mean, if you, I recommend watching the trailer for Soylent Green because they explain every story arc in that yeah. trailer. <laughs> yeah. They used to do that a lot more in movies. Uh, the famous trailer that it spoiled for me back in the day was Home Alone. Do you, did you guys ever? I don't know. Mm. Were you alive when Home Alone was made, Sean? <laughs> I've seen I've seen all of the Home Alones. I forget there's more than two. There's like <laughs> four now. There could be even more like direct-to-DVD type oh, releases and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> two with Macaulay Culkin, and after that it went into like dwarf territory. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the actor. I would be okay with being the actor who comes after uh, the the original Kevin, but the kid who comes after that, oh. sorry, copy of a copy of a copy. When even that person sorry. who is already in a director, you're not DVD, a Culkin. You're you're a Culkin cubed, thrice removed. Yeah, when you're the person who the other direct to video person said, "I'm too big of a star for this," <laughs> you know that's fucked uh, up. I um I have a really awesome spoiler free experience I'd like to share. Please um, do so. Last summer, I saw The Sixth Sense for the first time, oh, spoiler free, wow. and I didn't see the twist coming. That's great. Sweet. So That's my fantastic. mind was absolutely blown, and I was amazed. A few days later, I remembered, oh yeah, when I was in grade school, there were kids saying, John is dead in The Sixth Sense, but I had forgotten. Um, in grade school. Oh, yes, man. that's how that's how young I was. So no. I wasn't allowed to see it. And looking back, I agree with that gets, assessment because there's a lot of things for kids. It's pretty people, scary. Yeah, people killing family members. I'm I'm just like, eh. but I was very much amazed. And I went back through my mind and had to analyze all those scenes and think about how is that consistent? How does that work? And I realized, yeah, it does. It does work. I still don't understand why he couldn't open certain doors and the color red and all that. Um, but I we may never know. <laughs> there isn't an explanation for that just yet. We'll, we'll have to ask the man himself. Oh, man. Uh, the magician. After the shit we've said about him. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be willing to talk to you. I don't know. But yeah, I, I actually know a friend who, um, I think I was just out of high school when that movie came out, back when Sean was a sperm. Um, and he actually got spoiled. My friend got spoiled in a movie a review in the newspaper. That's so fucked oh. up. That's so fucked up. They put up. it in the review. Oh, I mean, if you're doing a review that's like an hour long and you say, okay, from here's point on. They should kick him out of the union. They should. Yeah. How did that guy not get the shit slapped out of him? (laughs) You fucking asshole. I forget which newspaper it was, but what a dick. (laughs) It's time for a witch hunt like 16 years after (laughs) After the fact. (laughs) He's forgot about it and suddenly there's a fucking mob outside his house. (laughs) And we start screaming, I don't know what you want! (laughs) Don't don't actually don't let's, actually find out. No, Just no, do let's let's not find out. <laughs> we shouldn't. It would be a bad idea to even name him at this. No, point. Yes. I, I, I think that would be too no. much. No, <laughs> actually, Mike just made it up. It, it's not a real no, person. No, it's a real just, person, but I don't know his name. <laughs> Richard Roper. What? What did he know? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Richard Roper. It wasn't. I swear. Richard Roper, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't really him. Um, I don't know who it was, but it was like a local dude, I think. But it's, it's what a shitty thing oh, to do. Oh, local. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know what the best movie review? Lo- 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 the local local movie critics are like local weathermen, if you know yeah. what I mean. If you know what I mean. You mean creeps to pick up people at the airport? <laughs> sorry, local weathermen. Um, the, 
the best movie review I've ever seen in the newspaper was um, just a half a sentence that was going off of the title. It would say, like, title of the movie, mm-hmm. then the review, and it would be like two sentences that would just sum up uh, what the person thought of it. And it was, you remember the cartoon from the 90s, Doug? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do, 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 um, <laughs> Doug had a movie called Doug's First Movie. And the movie review said, it's a Doug's first movie and hopefully his last. <laughs> and that was the whole review. <laughs> I I kind of love that. <laughs> very, very often things that work in a, uh, you know, like a 25 minute format do not work in an hour and a half. No, there's only so much you can spread out. I mean, you can add some musical numbers, you can add a big set piece, but for the most part, it's just like, you know. On the on the other hand, taking an entire season and trying to cram it into uh, one movie uh, doesn't really work. Going back to Shyamalan and oh. uh, the Airbender movies. Oh, that's right. Oh, he man. That, that's the thing that existed. <laughs> that was the one movie I didn't watch for our panel, actually. I didn't either. I, I, did, I don't want to see it. I don't you're want not, to see it. You're not missing anything. I don't want to see it. Some cool visuals, but, I mean, you can get those from the trailers. So this is, maybe there's a benefit, actually, in some cases, to trailers taking all the good parts of the movie and just sticking them together, and there you go, your greatest hits well, and, uh, you, in You can seconds. use trailers as a filter and where you have a good movie or bad movie, bad movie immune system, you know? Yeah, I where think... It lets you know that there's no way in hell that you're going to take my money to go see a fucking Ben-Hur remake. Why is that a thing what? that exists? I'm, Why? I'm glad that I saw the trailer so I could say, I hope you fail. No, thank <laughs> I, you. I, I hope that you don't get this dumb idea ever again. Oh, man. What what other movie could you remake that would... Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> Starring Larry the fucking cable guy. Inherit the Wind. Inherit the Wind. Yeah. Which they've remade a couple times, actually. Well, they have. That's right. Jason Robards. A, yeah. Jason Robards! Oh, but yeah, it's... To Kill a Mockingbird is so much... I mean, Atticus Finch is Gregory Peck. Yeah. And I think if you tried to remake that, it, you're just doomed to fail. Even if you make a really good one, you're doomed to fail. And, oh, I thought they redid it with, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that was a time to kill. He would play. He would be Atticus Finch. Oh. <laughs> He'd have to wear a shirt, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't have his sexy bod like... Half open with the top three buttons unbuttoned on his shirt. Nope, button uh, that back up. Oh, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. I don't. He wouldn't, I, it wouldn't be able to have to stare into space and just like talk completely, monologue completely incoherently. Yeah, in a charming way. You mean like in those car commercials? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is the deal with those? I don't know if Matthew McConaughey is doing something stripped down and cool, or if it's pretentious bullshit. But I think it's probably the latter. It's. It sounds improvised. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like just they drive. didn't even write it. Just driving my car around. Yeah, he's. I don't know. Maybe it was the poetry that James Franco wrote for him. Oh, probably, James Franco. Probably poetry. Franco. Franco poetry. Oh, he's a Francophile? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, Richard Roper. (laughs) (laughs) Radio vs. the Martians is produced by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. Our editor was Mike Gillis. Our theme music was written and performed by Todd Maxfield Matsumoto. Find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com and send us your feedback at info at RadioVersusTheMartians.com.
What is the secret of Soylent Green? New York City, in the year 2022. Nothing runs anymore. Nothing works. But the people are the same. And the people will do anything to get what they need. This is the police. What they need most is Soylent Green. 